2: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
1: Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
3: Guy Like, what did you think of the plaudits for this guy?
4: You know, when I think of Lafleur, they talk about him as one of maybe the greatest canadian ever you know with what he did and he holds so many team records i mean when the game was getting a little tougher and more checking and and he was still so amazing so i wish i would have got to see him play don't cry because it's over smile
3: because it happened
2: this is the rod peterson show
3: Hello, Canada and Canadian sports fans around the world. Welcome to the RP Show. Coming to you live from Grey Eagle Resort and Casino. It is hour two of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. And we're on Game Plus Television across all ten provinces and 31 U.S. states. Live streaming on YouTube for the Cord Cutters. And i got to tell you, this is just a fantastic day. It is episode number 743. We had a wonderful hockey discussion in hour one. And our next guest, which we'll bring on camera in a second, he knows hockey, but he knows football more. But our question to you, the viewers, and we put it to the poll today for Capital Mall Universal Collision Center, why is NHL scoring way up most goals since 1993-94 season? And the options are more skill, less hitting, better goalie equipment, or worse goalie equipment, whatever, or other, and leading the way in two different categories are either less hitting or more skill I don't know what it is that's been fun we'll rekindle that discussion a little later on when Jason Greger from TSN 1260 Edmonton joins us now it's my thrill to bring him in Matt Kellett and I don't he probably knows this but I'll reiterate it the seven-year CFL veteran great cup champion first team I was ever the voice of he was the kicker
1: (laughs) did you know that I have to correct you I'm not a
3: venue cup champ I mean a great cup champion your Wikipedia says you are I know it does i'm not just goes to prove can we petition it can't. We can, you can't believe everything you read online we got our
1: butts handed to us in in regina that was my great cop. It was in regina
3: i am matching your <laughs> years going i don't i don't yeah. see what year it was so 2003 Two thousand three right up close to you, if you don't mind yeah 2003 was
1: uh the the great cop in regina uh um, very cold with montreal one. yeah uh yeah really cold um cool to be back at home to have my first great of course uh, but no we lost we lost edmonton it was the old ricky ray to jason tucker show over the two remember the uh, don matthews put in the two young
3: of course of course yeah. well yeah. so anyway well we live by wikipedia right well i do i feel <laughs> right. like writing them after the show or giving them a call because they've very rarely been wrong it's the internet of course everything yeah. on it's true Matt. yeah but this guy we're, he's one year younger than me, but it was the 90, 1991 Regina Rams. You were young, too. Yeah. You were the kicker. Then yeah. he went on to a great U of S career. And then, as I said, a CFL career. BC Lions, Edmonton, Eskimos, Montreal, Alouettes, and the Ottawa Renegades. Renegades. Yeah, 2005. Was that their last year of existence? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All the guys. So that adds. were they right about seven CFL seasons? Were they right about that? Yeah, they were right. Okay. Actually, I think it's eight, but... But yeah
1: no i had two years of year and a bit in edmonton where before sean fleming came back from right. uh, kansas city and then went on to bc for two and then montreal for two and then ottawa for one right so i guess that adds up to seven
3: right well i've always felt a special friendship and kinship with matt because of that 91 rams team and then we were in the cfl together used to bump into you from time to time it was a great career do you look at, back at it fondly and say yeah I, no I, regrets
1: well I, yeah no regrets i mean there's obviously two years in BC that uh, usually gets brought up when when I talk about football, um, and there's the two years of of having the first taste of uh, defeat, really for me, like personally, right? Like Do you won everywhere you went, yeah yeah, 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 and then first first real taste of failure on my part um and not being able to to rebound from that right and the psychological part of um of the game really came into play um and then when wally buono came into bc um he set me up with my first sports psychologist and from that point on i've been a big advocate um even with the kids i coach hockey with my little 13 year olds i coach the mental part of the game more than that oh you have to right because it's so strong and such a powerful part of of any athletic Endeavor. And it's just something I just didn't have. I didn't have it. I had all the physical tools, but mentally, I just could not rebound out of that. So Wally recognized that and set me up. And then, you know, unfortunately, I had a really good camp, but set me free. Um, And then on my way home, actually driving back home, I talked to my good friend Scott Flory in Montreal. And he's like, Don's here. We have two American guys here. You need to get here. And then, like, classic CFL, right? Drive home on the red eye in montreal was my next day right so it was uh it was a whirlwind but yeah i look back on it i mean great memories great friendships um you know great stories to tell mm-hmm. it was a great summer job is basically how i ex- explain it really right
3: but, um yeah good well that's why i said how, how much time do i have you can you stay till eleven forty? as long as you need me i appreciate yep. you making time for me that way because there's so much that we can get into here and He's a gym owner now, Orange Theory Fitness here in Calgary, very successful chain of gyms, boutique gyms they say, yep. right? We're going to get into that. I mean, the nomadic life of a football player. If this is to be believed, and for the most part I believe it is. 98 BC Lions, 99 Eskimos, back to BC 0102, a stop in Edmonton in 0-1, 0-3-0-4 Montreal, 05 Ottawa. Deron Carter said this, Matt, and got lamb-based it early on in the pandemic, but he said we were f- in football, we're built for this. Looking over our shoulder every day and I mean, being in constant terror and not knowing where our next yeah. check's gonna come from. Did your football career set you up for business, making you uh, mentally tough? I, I think it, it you know the parts that made
1: that I use today in my business world are the things that I learned from different coaches, right? Well what, I mean. what, what however um, you want to say it, yeah. You know, it's um, you know, so many little things from Don Matthews. Lots of things from Frank McChrystal, you know, Brian Taurus. There's lots of people that influence my business life now um, with my staff, even with my, again, my little U13 hockey team. Lots of that kind of stuff comes into play. So, yeah, it does set you up for sure. It does.
3: So, what is that? How to treat people or discipline? I think, again, it's
1: discipline. It's, um, you know, controlling the things you can control. That was one thing that Don Matthews, I remember vividly in Regina. And I, You know, it was windy, of course. Um, And Don coming up to me and talking pregame, and I was complaining about the wind, and he's like, Matt, why are you complaining about the wind? You can't control the wind, and you only have to play against it for half the game, right? Control the things you can control and stress about the things that you can control, and that's it. Those are the only things you're allowed to stress about. So I try to teach that. Um, And again, there's just so many... Different little things that other coaches have told you along the way that just kind of pop into your head at the moment. Um, probably hard to re- reflect right now here in this moment, but um, but yeah, it happens every day.
3: Yeah, well, we I may get it out of you before the end of this interview. But the thing about kickers, goalies, and quite frankly, referees all have, as far as I'm concerned, the best stories. Because people don't normally usually ask them, especially referees. But did you have a regret that you never played for your hometown, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, or were you happy you didn't because it's the windiest place in the league? No, I
1: mean, there's a regret. I mean, the the, the funny story that we can get into is when I got released from BC. I got released from BC my second year of trying out, or I made the practice squad, but I decided to go back to UFS. I remember going out for dinner with my now wife, and uh, 12 o'clock at midnight, I got a call from Cal Murphy. on my on on the voicemail saying we own your we own your rights come down here tomorrow get here tomorrow so i drove down to regina from saskatoon showed up practice and right before the preseason game the league calls and said nope there was there was a trade between bc and edmonton so cal murphy goes in the locker room he rips a strip off the locker room classic cfl fashion right like no one knew of this trade We had to get personal permission from Wally at the time with the Stampeders for allowing me to play in the exhibition game. So I was actually, my claim to fame for this story was, uh, what was it? Three, playing three weeks in a row against the Stampeders with three different teams. So BC in one preseason, Saskatchewan, and then the following week was game number one of the regular season with Edmonton. So the trade had gone through. Um, So I played that one exhibition game. With, the, with rider, the Riders. With the rider Green. What? Yeah. So well, I do was have that 99? Pitcher. That would have if been. If it was Cal. Yeah, or... that would have been 99. Yeah. And then I was off to Edmonton. And that's where my first two years of real professional football started was in Edmonton.
3: Listen. Yeah. You spent more time in Saskatchewan almost than The Rock did with the Stampeders. I have an issue here with Wikipedia. You should right? be on there. There's guys with less time that are on there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or NFL yeah. uh, stints so that is quite interesting yeah. but I the, with the new stadium obviously you watch all the games and stuff yeah. and have you been in most I, no, I have not been you gotta yet you got I have not you got to come I know yeah well those kickers are pretty good friends of mine Brett Lowther yeah. the current rider kicker is yeah. like one half of the stadiums cut off so think about the wind and yeah. that and it's a horseshoe it's not the only horseshoe yeah. in the world but it's very more than anything it I'm screws sure? with his mind yeah right and, and thank god he's got a co- head coach in craig dickinson who was a punter so he yeah. kind of gets it yeah yeah he's got a what's, good coach there right well he understands what the yeah. kicker's going through that's right you know yeah. um and i'm i'm interested to know when you said that wally brought in a sc- psychologist was it a sports psychologist yeah who yeah. was it um, Frank Lodotto, okay, which I think he still uses to this day.
1: Um, we met downtown here in Calgary and went through a couple sessions and I just continued on with it. And then I just, I, it's something that intrigued me. It was very interesting. I'm surprised that I, I mean, we had done visualization with Frank, with the with the Rams, but again, that was junior football. We really probably didn't pay a lot of attention to it. I know I did. I know I always visualized. I always did that kind of stuff with the Rams. Um, but again, it was now, an actual uh remedy i was hoping it was going to be this remedy for this funk i was in in these two years in bc right i mean i was damned if i did and damned if i didn't you never follow a legend right if you're one thing right so if (laughs) you you made one well you're you're supposed supposed to to. and if you missed it well lou wouldn't have missed it right so we just got and got into a funk and i couldn't get out of it and it was the weirdest thing um but then when I left and I went to Montreal again, Don just knew how to coach me. Right, that was one thing with Don is he, you know, he was always known as a player's coach, and he would always ask us whether or not there was a, an I in team. And uh, most people say no, there's no I in team, and he's he said, "Well, of course there's an I in team. You're all 60 different individuals. We all have a common goal, but we're individuals. It's our jobs as coaches to figure out how to coach you." Because some of you, you can yell and scream at you and you're gonna go run through a brick wall. Some of you need some positive reinforcement. Some of you need to have an arm on your shoulder, right? And so he just knew that not everyone was the same. And so he knew that he was gonna yell and scream at me. He was gonna get the best out of me that way. Not in that position. He knew that, you know, you miss, no big deal. Next one, we'll go, right? And so that for me, because I did miss that year, it was rarely that year, but when I did miss, you were reinforced the right way positive positive reinforcement reinforcement, right so that's what here's one thing that i learned from don that i use with my kids now i have one my oldest who i could probably yell and scream at and he'd go through a brick wall on the ice whereas my middle one if i yell and scream at him he cowers and a little more sensitive that's it right you just lose them so as a coach now of youth um you know i used to be a yell and screamer that's just the way i was brought up Uh, we all were we we. all were right but now you (laughs) can't you can't do that you realize you get the most out of kids by talking to them and reinforcing the positive right and making sure that they you're still coaching them you're just going to make mistakes but uh another one from Don was if you're going to make a mistake do it at 100 miles an hour
3: really make the mistake from matthews from matthews you're going to make one do it at 100 miles an hour and he lived that way he did you could see that he lives what he's saying (laughs) absolutely he did how does that translate to coaching people now at Orange Theory Fitness. Well, training not so people. much. I mean, not, not so much, much, right? I mean, if we're going to make a mistake lifting, we don't want to be doing that with 100 pounds when we should be well, doing Well, not that with, one. Right? I, just, I mean, but. the positive reinforcement, I guess, or the way you tailor your yeah. coaching. Yeah,
1: to I different. mean, that's, I mean, again, you don't want to be that, you don't want to be a trainer or a coach who's yelling and screaming and more, 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 more. We want to educate people, right? Yes, we want the best out of them, but we truly want to educate them along the way. So yeah, if they can lift heavier, sure, we can get them to lift heavier, but let's teach them the reason why. There's always a why behind everything. And if people know the why, they'll typically do it. If you just tell them, don't do it that way, do it this way. They typically put a wall up, right? But if you explain the reason, here's the reason why I want you to do it this way or try it this way, they typically respond pretty well.
3: Mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Well, and here's a snippet for the viewers that you got to stay tuned through this break. The reason Matt's sitting here today, I, and you were on my hit list of people to get okay. down here, but you chimed in on uh, the CFL changes, and it was the ratio, was it not? You, it was on Absolutely. Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you just get down here and say, don't forget about writing it on Instagram. Th- well, I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, you'll have to find it. But you, but you have a bit of an issue with, maybe it was four downs. It was something to proposed changes. It was you-
1: probably the four downs. I think that if we lose, I mean, again, we were actually just talking with us at the rink the other day. That's the CFL. We can't lose that part of it, right? Yeah, you can change. There's, there's lots of things we can change to, to go along. Everything has an evolution to it, I believe. But there's certain things you should be keeping. You know, three downs should be kept. The, the length and the width of the field should be kept. You know, there's... And again, I'm not an expert in all this stuff, and I'm sure there's a reason for them wanting to change things. I get it. Um, but I think that that's something really special that's really Canadiana and we, ne- we need to keep it. right? We need to keep a ratio of Canadian players to US players. There's amazing, amazing Canadian athletes that are just now coming to the forefront. right? You're seeing all these American, uh, Canadians in American schools doing amazing things. Why shouldn't we have Canadians playing football? It's not a lesser product where people say it's just a, the pool is a little smaller. The product is just as good, but the pool is just a little smaller,
3: in my opinion. And we got the commissioner saying there's no anti-Canadian bias in the CFL, and I was in the league 20 years, I would respectfully disagree. So we'll talk about that more when we come back. Absolutely. All right. sure. Matt Kellett's with us, and the guy's played, obviously as a road player in every CFL market, but also for the Lions, Rough Riders, Eskimos, Renegades, Alouettes, is that everybody? I think sometimes it's easier to uh, say, well, you didn't, who didn't I play for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back to Gray Eagle Resort and Casino after this on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live. And of course, you can always, if you missed any portion of the live show, catch the podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify.
2: Head to youtube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
3: It is Gray Eagle Resort and Casino, the place to be today and every day. Did you know that it's open 24 hours? The Beach Boys coming to Gray Eagle. Catch the West Coast beach vibes with one of the most influential rock and roll bands of all time. The Beach Boys. Dance and sing along to the best hits of the iconic band for one night only, July 28th. At the Gray Eagle Event Center. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.ca. And get them. Because i got people asking me, Rod, can you get me tickets? No. I uh, <laughs> Can't get you Flames tickets. Can't get you Grey Eagle tickets. Get your own tickets. And they're going fast, the Beach Boys. And Jeff Foxworthy coming up on Saturday, May 28th, the master of redneck comedy. There's a lot going down here, Matt Kellett, CFL veteran, Grey Cup finalist. Can Never I say don't. that? <laughs> uh yeah have you been to the Grey eagle by the way you know what this is my first time what do you think first time stepping
1: it's in. pretty cool I'm eh? not a casino guy but yeah i mean it's it's very nice i've heard great things about the food here i need to come down i need to come down and are you a sp- buffet guy it's calgary's best buffet well, i could be a
3: buffet guy i can definitely be You're a, buffet a football guy. player for sure I can eat. so <laughs> and again he owns and operates orange theory fitness boutique gym here in calgary tell us about that for a second but i watch your yep. videos it's it looks like it's bumping man the crazy
1: class yeah, yeah. it's
3: crazy class so we own uh th- my wife and i own three studios here in oh i not know it was
1: three. In, stu- in northwest calgary so yeah ke- down in kensington so close to downtown then royal oak is a suburb of up north and then kind of right in the middle is our brand new studio we opened uh just in december of 2021 um at university district so just north of the children's hospital which is our newest one which right. is uh Good. Yeah, it's go- going well. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a little while to rebound from, from COVID, but, um, but it'll come back.
3: Well, just tell our viewers how Orange theory is different from any yeah. other gym.
1: So we are, uh, it's, there's science, science-backed workouts, technology, technology tracked so we use heart rate monitors to make sure that we're in the right zones we want to really work out smarter not harder Um, I mean they're hard (laughs) honestly as you know yeah Um, but we truly want to work out smarter to give you those results we don't want to continually put undue stress on the bodies where we're not getting the result Um, our head coaches do a fantastic job of making sure our members are coming in so if we notice that somebody's not coming into a studio we make sure we give them a call we're unlike a big box gym where They don't want to see it we don't care if you come we just want the dollar um we really want you to get those results and so in a smaller class setting you have 24 people um you know coach manages those 24 people pretty well using the heart rate monitors making sure we're in proper zones and um it's truly made for everybody um our demographic is probably you know that 35 to 65 when people are you know we're just done carrying on how much we bench and how much we squat we just want to be able to to move around and, and you know the cliche run around with our kids we truly do we just want that multivitamin for our bodies which is the orange theory workout um gives us everything we need right we get the cardio from the running if you don't like running we can power walk we have specially designed treadmills for for that purpose we use a water rower for for body lower body power And then, of course, we have the weight room for the strength that we all need, right? It's great to run outside when it's springtime, but what are we doing for our strength, right? For our bone density and that kind of stuff. So
3: uh,
1: it's truly the multivitamin of fitness.
3: There you go. It's great. Give him a follow. Matt Kellett on all the social media. He's very active on there. He does a great job. Now, I got to ask you, are you in better shape now than when you played? Yes. He didn't need to hands
1: think down. About it. Hands down. Why? You know, it's interesting. We were just looking at pictures, um, and you know those times where you thought you were in really good shape, and I went, told my wife, I'm like, what is that? Like, where, <laughs> how did you fall in love with that? Right? No, I think that you know we all go through these parts in our lives where you know obviously you're raising kids, and, and sometimes fitness does take a back seat. But then as your kids get older. You, get more t- you have more time for it. Um, and now that i found Orange Theory and I do my own things, I still do enjoy lifting. Um, you know, I have my own coach. I do have my own tr- trainer. Lots, lots of people have trainers. Um, I don't need to see him as often as maybe the general public does with their trainers. But, uh, yeah, I'm hands down, better shape now than I was then, for sure. So, <clears throat> you look, you're obviously watching football a lot, right? When I have time many I have three boys, yeah, all heavily, you know, in hockey, so I have a 17 year- old, I have a 15 year- old, and I have well, Max's birthday today. He's
3: 12 this, today. so happy birthday, Max. Um, so yeah, well, you're, busy, busy. you're owning and running three studios, yeah. so I appreciate and three kids. <laughs> you even having the time to come down here. I say this facetiously, but you've heard of a guy by the name of John Ryan course pretty big pipes of course. for a kicker yeah or a punter i guess yeah what do you think of uh, his career you've followed it from being- well he, he, here's a background story for you so when i used to when
1: i was playing with the rams uh the rams would send me to american kicking camps in the in the summer right prior to football season and so when i left the rams and went to U of S, i decided to run my own with the knowledge that i had learned from these american schools and actually one of the first camps i ran was the skinny, ginger John Ryan. And at the time, he was the only real kid. We had probably 20, 20 kids that I used to run the camp with Barry Ratcliffe, who used to coach at U of S. And uh, I followed the, the lines of Mike Lazecki, because Mike Lazecki oh, yeah. ran the same thing. and I attended, Great punter, Mike, yeah. I attended Mike's camp, so I kind of kept that legacy going. And John Ryan at the time, his dad didn't want him playing football. Bob. John, yeah. he wanted him playing lacrosse, right? John was a phenomenal lacrosse player, and, and hockey, to but... him. <laughs> and hockey, right? Yeah, we had to convince him. So we got. He was. I always my claim to fame is John Ryan. I attach my name to John Ryan whenever
3: I can, facetiously, of course. But, I'm glad to hear you yeah, say that. But on cool. running that camp, so you've always been the guidance guy the coach yeah i think there's certain
1: people are just yeah you're born to coach right i love i just got done my u13 season with my hockey team in trails west here just in in this area and uh, lucky enough to take them to provincials and that was a great experience for those boys um and i yeah that's the thing i love coaching young kids like i think that's the the greatest thing they're so um they're moldable pliable that was the term i was thinking yeah, yeah it's they listen to you not to say that the u15s and the u18s don't but by that time that's just outside of my skill factor right i can i can coach the u13s u15s i can coach u18s i leave those to the professionals and the coaches that really can
3: handle those kids um but yeah that's my true love is coaching coaching youth well, it wouldn't surprise you that the older anybody gets, the harder they right. are yeah. to coach. just <laughs> it's, 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 it's true. It's a fact. But just, and I want to get into your uh, some Ottawa Renegade stories because I hear that they were wild, as much as not yours specifically, just yeah, yeah. Ottawa Renegade yeah, yeah. stories. But when you see John Ryan punting in the Super Bowl, just as yeah. a Regina guy, right? tingles. Right. To have had a, a hand in his career must have just felt amazing. Wow. Let's let. Let's set the record straight. I had a very like no, maybe a fingertip, not right? not all, but, but anyway. <laughs> Matt, anybody that helps somebody along the way. Feels yeah, no, that good, was
1: phenomenal. Right? To see John, like I mean, to go from and again you do, you remember him as a skinny little ginger, right? very shy teach him very basics and this was before he was even kicking with the rams frank was trying to get him trying to convince him to play with the rams right so um yeah no to see him play to see any canadians playing at the highest level of any sport it gives you chills right it doesn't matter what the sport doesn't matter uh, where in the world um that just gives you chills all mm-hmm. around,
3: for sure For those that just tuned in, Matt Kellett's with us. Played in the CFL eight seasons. (laughs) We're getting to the bottom of it today, Matt. BC, Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, and Saskatchewan for a game, which I called, I'm very proud to say. And uh, I call his games with the Rams. He's one year younger than me. But Ottawa, 05, uh, I had a lot of buddies on that team, like uh, Abu Meshrik, chief among them. And they just say, we didn't win much, but man, did we have fun. Yeah. like. Do you feel blessed that you played in the golden age of the CFL? Like the stadiums were full. Like was yeah, awesome. Yeah, they were full.
1: You know, the great thing that I, I'm i very fond of is the coaches. Yeah. The iconic coaches that I got to play with, the Wally Buonos, even though it was just a training camp. Don Matthews in two stints. Joe Pow Pow, right? Um, Richard Harris. Like such amazing people. People first. You know, and people wouldn't say that about Don. They wouldn't say, oh, he's a great person. Don took care of his people, right? Yes, he maybe played games with the media, but that was just who he was. But behind closed doors, he was a a father figure to a lot of us. Um, And people wouldn't know that about Don. You know, Joe was, that was a season because- Ottawa 05. Yeah, 05. I mean, ownership wanted them out. They basically knew that they didn't have jobs halfway through the season, right? So here are the coaching staff, coaching for really nothing right at the time knowing that they have no jobs at the end of the season because the owners have come out and said you're all gone Um, they made it fun yeah they made it fun I mean they were you know and again a lot of those guys coached under Don somewhere along the way so they all had Don esque qualities
3: which was awesome Um, but yeah just great people great people well that's why i'm so grateful to have gotten into the cfl at my age to call games at 26 because i know those guys but i also know the new guys so i went into a i barged into the radio booth at commonwealth stadium and don matt or uh, chris jones was in the middle of being interviewed he was the eskimos yeah, yeah. coach at the time and he turned and looked at me and i'm like oh my god it's don matthews like are you his son right. <laughs> like he looked yeah. the look right yeah do you see a lot like what do you think of Chris Jones?
1: Well, I love Chris. I mean, Chris was in Montreal when I was there, right? And Chris was the defensive right. coordinator. Just getting going. Just getting going. Yeah. And he was awesome. I mean, I remember at golf tournaments, and he'd be like, you're, the, you're like one of the coolest kickers I've ever been around. Because I, I hung out with,
3: I could hear him I hung saying out with the whole linemen. Man, right? you're one of the I didn't hang out
1: by myself. I was never that guy. I was a rugby guy prior. Yeah. I, you know, for me to be just a strict kicker um, really wasn't what I wanted to do. It just happened with the Rams that they wanted somebody to do just one thing. Um, I, my true love is rugby, where I was a fly half. I got to distribute ball. I got to call plays, um, all those fun things. Right, I got to tackle. It was something that I enjoyed doing. And then as you get further in your career, I remember running downfield once and Don pulling me aside and saying, that's not your job. Your job is to be the last guy back. I don't want to see you running. You were trying to be an anymore. athlete, right? So <laughs> you just do what you've been told. Yeah, no you know, kidding. Yeah.
3: So your most successful year was with Montreal, yeah, going to the Great Cup, sure, team, yeah. right? And that was, well, that was Calvillo. That was, yeah. again, it's yeah. a charmed career, Matt. Do great
1: team, like great yeah. team, right? Like when you can go into a locker room on a, on a Friday after and the guys are going out and they're not little clicks of people, and everybody can go with anybody. And you got, an a- you got asked to go with Jermaine Copeland, or you, you went and hung out with AC, you went golfing with whoever. You could hang out with anybody on that team, which was the gr- why that team was so successful, right? Teams are only successful when they're teams. And you know when we look back to the teams in Edmonton with, with Don, and we were a bunch of young kids, a lot of us. I think there was only like maybe a handful of guys that were married. On that team whereas we went to Montreal and most guys were starting to get married so a little bit more subdued um, but in Edmonton he tried to coach that way it didn't work because there was a bunch of young kids running the streets basically right With, uh, <laughs> and, Edmonton, and, and so. winning and winning yeah yeah, yeah winning well, helps
3: I should ask you in the time we have left which is only a couple minutes you never did play for Calgary so what no. had you landing in Calgary So my wife graduated oil and gas.
1: She got a job in 1999. We moved here. Um, I actually did try out for the Stampeders, uh, just kind of jokingly. When um, Rob Maver tore his quad, Um, Burke Dales called me and said, we need guys, get down here. So I dusted off the old bag. And uh, when I was leaving, my wife looked at me laughing and said, where do you think you're going? And I said, I'm going to go this tryout with the Stampeders, just because why not, right? And I actually had a really good, I hadn't kicked in, I don't know, six years. And I told Hofnagel, I said, I'm gonna come down an hour early. I don't wanna waste your time. So let me just come down an hour early prior to the tryout, see how things are going. And then when he came out, he goes, how do you feel? I said, yeah, I'll stick around. So there's me and Renee was there. Kellen. Jamie Boren was there. Mark you know, kind of The guys, Mark Killam was yeah. there as the special team coach. Randy was there snapping balls and there was maybe five or six kickers that were there. Um, And that was the year that they signed Renee. So it came down to Renee and I had the same number of field goals made in the tryout, way stronger leg at the time (laughs) than I did. Um, But yeah, one of the, probably the best tryouts I had because you didn't rely, you weren't worried about, oh, this was everything, right? You just went out and kicked balls and you didn't make it. You got a job, I can, I can go do something I'll else, be fine, right? yeah. I'll be fine. Whereas back in the day you did, you worried because that was life. your thing, right? So I can understand that pressure that guys are put on when they don't know what's next,
3: right? Yeah. Well, wow, we kind of ended it the way we opened it. This yeah. is great, right? Matt, long time fan as you know, great to see you. Keep great in touch to and hopefully yeah. we can do it again. For sure, anytime. CFL veteran and business owner, Matt Kellett. We're going to Edmonton next to talk some Oilers with Jason Greger from TSN Radio. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-Hour Sports Radio at RodPeterson.com.
2: Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
3: All right, welcome back to the RP Show, everybody. I'll get to your messages in a moment. They may have to wait until overtime when Moose rejoins. Some of those questions are for Moose. As we await Jason Greger, TSN 1260 Edmonton. Uh, sports update, it's a busy night in the NHL. Five Canadian teams in action. Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby will go head-to-head as the Oilers visit the Penguins. Also, the, elsewhere, the Toronto Maple Leafs host the Detroit Red Wings. Ottawa Senators home to New Jersey. Calgary Flames visiting the Nashville Predators, and the Vancouver Canucks entertain the Seattle Kraken. Travel day for the Raptors and Sixers as the two teams head north for Game Six of their NBA playoff series on Thursday. Raptors are now down three-two after winning last night, 103-88. Kevin Gosman takes to the mound for the Blue Jays. Today as the Blue Jays' host, the Boston Red Sox. Jays atop the AL East now at 11-6. The sports update for Dubnetwork.ca and for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars. And uh, we'll bring him in now, Jason Greger from the Jason Greger Show, TSN 1260 Edmonton. And, Greger, good to see you, my friend. Um, our poll question today, I'm interested in your take. Is why is NHL scoring way up? The options less hitting, more skill, goaltenders, equipment, or other. Have you thought about this?
2: Oh yeah, I've thought about it. We've talked about it. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's twofold. I see the uh, the lack of, of physical play. It's a little easier around the net. You know, you're not getting murdered with cross checks. But the biggest difference has been today's young players have skills coaches. And not just today's young players, Ovechkin has one, McDavid has one. So you have guys, for for so many years, you had a goalie coach who worked only with the goalies in the offseason. And the players, and even some coaches would be like, yeah, you know what, you guys cross center, you figure it out and do what you want. Let's focus on defense. Well, now you have players, you know, paying pretty significant dollars sometimes to have a skills coach who works on the finer parts of the game, whether it's picking pucks off boards cleanly every time for a defenseman. Whether it's, you know, learning to shoot, repetitive, repetitive, in tight to get pucks up. And they're just better finishers. But finally, we, we've seen more of an emphasis on skill, and it's evening out. And, uh, you know, thankfully, it's, it's making the goaltenders a little bit less important. And that's not a knock on goalies. It's just you don't need to be the game that all it is is goaltending. So it's nice to see that uh, if you have guys that can finish, they can help.
3: Great answer. I think the biggest, broadest question I have for you is what's Edmonton going through right now? I didn't think they'd turn it around, and clearly they have. What's that city uh, like right now?
2: Well, I think, you know, some Otter fans are super stoked. Or there's others that are they're a little cautious because of, of the pass. But to me, the pass is the pass. Uh, this team is very different than it was last year. They have a different coach, but I just look at their top nine forwards. Kane, Hyman, and Fogel are infinitely bigger, faster, and better than the, uh, the three guys they replaced in the top uh, nine last year. Keep in mind, you know Zach Cassian and Ryan McLeod in, in the final two games of that Jet Series, they were in their top six or top nine for sure, really, on the second line, right? Same with Devin Shore. So uh, now you have McLeod and Cassian more as like your 10th, 11th forwards who move up and down the lineup, and it just they have way more depth. Ryan Nugent-Hopkins is at center. Drysdale and McDavid are on their own lines. They still play together every now and then on the odd shift, but they set on their own lines. The orders are bigger, tougher up front. My only concern is, do they have enough size to play four rounds of the playoffs on the back end? That's going to be my concern, especially with Darnell Nurse banged up. Now, Rod, I reported yesterday on Darnell Nurse. He's not going to play the, the next three games this week. And they're hoping, as of yesterday, that, that he could be ready for game one of the, of the playoffs. But they'll know better by Friday to see kind of how he reacts, which is good news. It doesn't sound like it's long. Term, But he might not be ready for game one, who knows, uh, against the LA Kings most likely. So if Nurse is out, that's a massive blow. And the owner's defense, it's not that begin to be big to begin with. It gets a lot smaller without the guy who plays the most minutes by far against the other team's best player.
3: You mentioned the Kings. For the longest time, the matchup has looked like that, and it looks like it will be. So, how does Edmonton feel about that matchup? How do you feel about that matchup, Oilers and Kings?
2: Well, you know, Edmonton's beat them all year long. The only time LA won was with Drew Dowdy in the lineup, and, and Drew's obviously not going to play in the postseason. So, that's a major blow for the LA Kings. Um, you know, I still see Edmonton as the favorite that got home ice advantage. The Oilers have been dominant on home ice here now for 2 months. I don't see any reason to change and and you know what? I'll give the fans a big shout out. The the energy in in uh, in Rogers Place is it's not playoffs yet, but it's been much better than it was in previous years in the, in the in the regular season where at times it was like a morgue. It was deathly quiet in there. So it's been loud. I think that's helped the team uh, they, they get a little bit more matchups. Not a lot. Jay Woodcroft doesn't chase matchups, but they become a real dominant team on home ice. And I think if that continues in the postseason, I expect them to beat L.A. And, and I will admit, Rod, that I am I am slightly picking a little bit uh, with my heart because I want to see a battle of Alberta for the first time in 31 years. Like it's, it's a joke that Calgary and Edmonton haven't faced off in the playoffs in 31 years.
3: Jason, there will be blood in the streets if that happens. And as you know, I think we've been here for two months, and it's been flames, 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 a lot of flames talk. It does not take much to get the Oilers fans turned on. Now it's Oilers. Everywhere I go, and I got two jerseys here. I asked some of the security guards at the casino which one should I hang up. They pointed to the Oilers jersey. Like that's how I knew <laughs> that the buzz is real, man. That, like I say, it doesn't take much to get Oilers fans turned on, does it?
2: Well, if you really look at the Oilers for the last forty games, Rod, they're tied with Toronto, and Minnesota. They got the fifth best record in the National Hockey League. Like they've been a very and Calgary's obviously still really good, right? Florida and Colorado and Calgary right up there, so. Um, you know, the Flames would be the favorite if indeed both teams can win their their matchups. But I'll say this: I actually, you know, Calgary's a you know a really good team, but I think they might have a tougher matchup in Nashville than Edmonton has it with LA. To, to be honest, like the the Nashville Predators are, are a big, heavy team. They got UC Saros, who's going to be a finalist for the Vesna, and uh, goalies can can win games, can steal games in the postseason. It might be him. I'd still pick the Flames today if that's who they're going to play, but nashville is is not like nashville they'll they'll get their ounce of flesh i think at bare minimum in that series
3: uh nobody's celebrating a first round matchup with nashville around here in this town that's the sense that i've got but the hockey's going to be great and lastly whether anybody knows or not jason 20 days from cfl training camps opening up do you have a take on the elks what's the vibe on that club up there
2: well, uh, obviously, there's big questions about the, uh, the quarterback. Who, who's going to be the quarterback? And that's not a great question to have uh, you know, three weeks away from the season uh, beginning. Now, I know it's training camp, so it'll sort itself out. But defensively, they'll be way better. There's, there's no question about that. Uh, my bold prediction, Rod, they'll be better at home because it can't be worse. They'll win a game. They didn't win a home game all of last year. So, you know, I look at where Edmonton, to start right now, I would probably have them as the fifth team. Uh, you know, in the preseason rankings, and then we'll see kind of how they look. I need to see what their offense looks like. What what are they going to do? Because Chris Jones, historically, you know, he's a defensive guy and a special teams guy, and almost like, ah, the offense will take care of itself. But, you know, they don't have a Mike Riley here at quarterback like they did when they won the, the great cup in Edmonton. So maybe Nick Arkolka can be that guy. You know, I, I could see them having a rotation of quarterbacks a little bit.
3: It will be fun to watch. It always is. Jason, thanks for the time, man. Enjoy the run.
2: Ron, right, it should be a lot of fun, man, anytime.
3: Thank you, pal. Jason Greger from the Jason Greger Show, weekdays 2 to 6 p.m. Mountain on TSN 1260 Edmonton Radio. The Moose will rejoin us for Taco Time viewer takeover right after this break. You're watching on Game Plus TV, available all across Alberta and BC on Telesoptic TV. Across Saskatchewan on SaskTel Max and Manitoba on Bell MTS Cable. And in Eastern Canada on Rogers, Kojiko, Kogi, Eastlink, and Videotron. And of course, you can always listen 24-7 at rodpeterson.com.
2: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
3: it's your favorite time of the show everybody it's overtime because it's the viewer takeover segment brought to you by taco time with over 120 locations across Canada all ingredients sourced in Canada and it's two dollar tacos today and we welcome back to the program Darren moose DuPont <sighs> <laughs> uh, it's been awesome I always like Catching up with old friends, and Matt Kellett is that.
4: Yeah. Such a cool dude. That's man. cool. Super cool dude. Yeah. And a big supporter of ours, we know. Oh, yeah. Liking everything we do on social. And He's one
3: of those guys. Yeah. Grant Scrimbit is watching in Kelowna, British Columbia, on Game Plus TV out there, and he wants to know, hi, Rod and Moose. Give me your thoughts on who you both think will be the two teams in the Stanley Cup final. And I love it. I had to tweak it. I started the year saying Vegas, Florida. You remember that? Yeah. And I tw- i don't even know if Vegas is going to get there. And they'll tell you because they've had too many injuries, and maybe they're right. I'll take a Calgary, Florida,
4: Stanley Cup final. Yeah, that's pretty hot. I mean, why not, right? They're, both teams are great. You're going to say Leafs, aren't you? No, I'm no? not. I, if I'm putting money on it, I mean, Colorado struggled a little bit lately, but i got to say the Avalanche. Because they've been the best team in the West all year long. And for some reason, I think there's a little magic to be had in in Pittsburgh, of all places. Really? Yeah, a little off the board. But I think something's coming from Pittsburgh.
3: So your teams are? Pittsburgh and Colorado. Okay. That would be a good final. That would be great. That would be a really good final. Yeah. I like Calgary, Florida. We've had the argument about Calgary, Toronto. I mean, I don't know if this country could handle it, for one. And for two, would the would the NHL want that? Maybe that might be a great topic someday. Right. I wouldn't think they would. And even
4: more than that, you know, you talked about Edmonton being kind of the Leafs of the West. What about Edmonton-Toronto if it got that far? McDavid versus Matthews. That would be incredible. There are so many good matchups that, to be had in the NHL playoffs. So there's that.
3: Uh, Rennie in Saskatoon watching. And he says, he's watching on Game Plus TV too. I'm going to be as respectful as I can on this answer. He says, hey, Rod and Moose, when do CFL game day tickets go on sale? I need to buy four more. Riders Home Opener. Hashtag build your bank. And then he did a W. And I will respectfully say, we're not the ticket office. I'd have no idea when they go on sale. So call the ticket office. Don't even know what the number is. It's But we're not going to do their marketing and sales for them. I have no idea when CFL game tickets go on sale. But I say that respectfully, it's respectfully to him because Rennie's the guy that won our Build Your Bank challenge back in, was it November? Right. And he played all season long and he won. Oh he needs to buy I see what he he won tickets of his choice yeah. to a game of his choice. Yeah. Now he wants to buy
4: four more tickets. Tickets should be on sale now. I don't know if they're off. they are or not, but we're should be any day. If they're not now, we're I mean we're less than a month away from games. Are you being inundated
3: with CFL signage in your in your face? No. But maybe I I hold out hope that the
4: that the uh, campaign is just around the corner.
3: Training camp's open in 20 days. Back on topic regarding the hockey uh, goals being way up in the NHL, and I haven't. <laughs> if we're gonna have a summit, maybe we should talk to the junior leagues and the university leagues. Are the goals up there too? Right. I don't know. Um, Janelle, watching in Saskatoon, clearly we're very big in Saskatoon. She writes it and says, "I miss physical hockey." Janelle's a P1, priority one viewer. And to the degree that she wears our merch, she buys it. She wears it. She sends us photos of it. She puts it on social media. So I know that she has watched enough of the show to know my take on the death of physical hockey. Right. Now, I laugh because in my mind, I just thought of Tyson Nash in the brawl in Arizona. I I get this mean maniacal (laughs) when I watch a brouhaha. Right. Because it's so rare now. It's very rare. So, Janelle, my point on that, if you miss physical hockey, is two things. One, I would bluntly say, get over it. One B, I would say, not so bluntly, hey, I had to examine it and decide whether I was going to keep watching NHL hockey, and I decided I would, because I love the game that much, and just realized that it's gone. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Yeah. Or two, go to a Junior A game because they're still playing tough. At least from what I've seen. Like you saw my Yeah. Instagram story when I went out to Canmore. I watched Canmore playing Drum Heller. They were killing each other. I loved it. Yeah. But that's just what I like. It doesn't make me bloodthirsty. There's a certain amount of society that's bloodthirsty. I like MMA. I like going to the races and uh waiting for a crash.
4: What's right. The danger of it. It's dangerous. Yeah. That's why We watch those guys do it instead of doing it ourselves. Right. So there's other leagues that do it. Go to a rush game. They're kicking the crap out
3: of each other. Was there any fights the other night?
4: No. Yes, there was. Ryan Dilks got into a fight. It was a good one, too. He popped him pretty good. Uh, It was a really rough, tough kind of game. Yeah. They didn't like each other.
3: And it showed. So, and the fans loved it. Well, and that's part of I don't know where we're going with sports. Uh, Henry Burris and I had a drop some names here watch your feet i'm going to drop some names but the current jacksonville jaguars offensive assistant we talked about this and hank's like there used to be a day when as a fan and for sure as a player you got out of bed well definitely as fans you got out of bed every day and thought about the game that night Mm -hmm. let's say fans leave the players out of it i don't think people are getting out of bed thinking about the games anymore and it kind of goes to what i said about point three today junior hockey apathy huge playoff games going on why is nobody talking about it
4: yeah i know i know and it's it's tough in a minute for us to you know really decide on what the reason is but it is it's tough nobody's thinking about it we're not talking about yeah. it it doesn't consume as much of our lives yeah and i
3: don't think i there's there's probably some blame to go around but i haven't thought about who it would be on like those wars in the papers back mm-hmm. in the day mitch love and uh Mark Hapshaw. Yeah, Mark That's great. ten thousand people show up at SaskTel Center, but no, 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 we can't have a fight in the media. But gets people
4: what, interested. What am I
3: gets the blood flowing. They'll figure it out on their own. Yeah. <laughs> Janelle says, "I'm working on getting over it. It takes time. Nothing worth having comes easily." Yeah. Janelle, and I had to get over it. What do we got tomorrow, Clark? woo Peter Labardius and Ryan Rashaw, good old shogger. All right. Thanks, Moose. Thank you. See you tomorrow, everybody. Noon Eastern here on Game Plus. That's the secret sauce.
0: Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then